The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to our guest. It's Steve Sosnick, Chief Strategist at Interactive Brokers. Steve, we also had kind of a three-day delay on the statement from the G20 and uh, the headline's kind of cute. The guardians of the global economy have been told to buckle up. That doesn't exactly inspire all that much confidence in the immediate future. Um, for you, Steve, is that peril or opportunity over the next 6 to 12 months? Um, good morning, Brian. I'm going to say both. Um, mm-hmm. I think in the short term, um, it's probably a bit more perilous than, than, than not. Um, you know, there, there are so many cross currents that we're having to deal with right now. And, you know, uncertainty is easier to deal with when the, the, when the mon- fiscal and monetary winds are at your back. Um, when they're in your face, it, it's just that much harder to deal with, and it's so much harder to predict. The reason I say that, there, the reason I agree that there's some opportunity, of course, is that there will always be stocks that are beaten up. There's always going to be sectors that are beaten up unfairly. Um, but, you know, you, you're, you have to do a bit of mining for those. It's not, you, you know, you, you're not just going to, you know, dip the pan into the stream and come up with a lot of, uh, of gold. You're going to have to really sift through it and find what works. Well, using that analogy, the, you buy the shovel then, don't you, and the, and the, and the, <laughs> the source bit itself, don't you? <laughs> Always. That's, that's, who, that's who makes the money in the gold, in the gold mining business, right? It's, it's the people selling the shovels and the picks and everything else. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, I think right now we, 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 there's so many crises that we have to get through. I think this is why going defensive um, in terms of, you know, your stock selection, your, your asset allocation probably makes a lot of sense because, um, you know, there's all the things that people still need to buy. There's all the things that, that are just going to be bought or sold regardless of, of whether the economy goes up or down. Um, and which is why I'm sort of favoring consumer staples, that sort of stuff, because um, consumers still have the money to spend. The, the tricky thing is that the macro is still weighing heavily. Uh, and, and, you know, we just ran that story about um, Jeremy Hunt and Liz Truss. Uh, do you think what happened in the U.K. kind of uh, presages a battle between governments and central banks that n- no traders would be looking forward to seeing? Yeah, that that was pretty much really a careful what you wish for type of moment where you know where the where where the policies from the fiscal side were were pretty much at odds with what the central bank is trying to do. Um, you know what what scares me about the UK situation more than anything. Uh, you know I, I'm far from the most expert on the politics of it, but what what 
what really bothered me was that there was this this strategy used by huge numbers of funds that it, that ultimately required them to sell assets into a declining market. As someone whose you know sort of formative market experience was the '87 crash, which was that was the thesis of portfolio insurance: sell futures into a declining market. Any strategy that involves that on a large scale scares the heck out of me, and that that's really and, and also Steve with the uh, the backdrop of uh, a declining a rapidly declining currency. Oh, absolutely, Rashad. I mean, this was you know this this was I I, I, I hate to use the term perfect storm, but this was sort of what everything that could go wrong did. Um, and I guess you know, uh, Mr. Quateng, you know, was was the scapegoat, or I don't know if he was scapegoated or not. Again, I'm not the, the best expert on UK specific politics, but um, boy, that was you know, this is this is not the time for a major policy misstep. Um, it's, you know, and it's really not the time, maybe even for bold policy moves, because it's not clear how the market's going to take any of them. Yeah. As we just mentioned, uh, Ed was talking about uh, Xi Jinping's uh, speech yesterday. Uh, one thing which uh, struck a lot of the commentators at the time was he didn't really mention COVID by name. He didn't also really say the word market or free market at all. Um, does this, again, just perhaps cement what's really been the actuality? I, you know, I, I think so. I think that, um, you know, COVID, the COVID policy has been in the backdrop. I, I think, you know, their, their continued um, use of the zero COVID policy, I think they have to realize has, has caused some issues both economically and socially. Um, and so, you know, maybe this shows a little bit of easing off that policy. Um, in general, I think what, what, I, what we want to hear from them is, is, is just something, you know, Will we, will we be getting sort of the China of old, or will we be getting a new version of China, um, a slower-growing, um, somewhat more stagnant, more mature market um, more, or economy? Um, and I think that, you know, that's something the world has to reckon with, because we've already seen that it's not particularly helpful when you have a, a fairly stagnant China. Um, and, you know, I, I think back to sort of the, you know, the aftermath of the global financial crisis, when a growing China you know, sort of counterbalanced a shrinking rest of the world. Uh, you know, I, right now, it, you know, if China's not particularly growing and no one else is, um, yeah. you know, that's not particularly helpful. And I, and I don't know that Xi Jinping, um, you know, assuaged many people um, that, that, the, that the situation might turn around abruptly. One of the key points is that uh, he really believes that China is uh, uh, an admired alternative model for development uh, on the on the global stage uh, that counters uh, the 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 U.S. led multilateral and democratic uh, system. Uh, do you see many countries that will embrace this path or want to embrace this path? Um, I, I don't I don't see that. Um, you know, I'm sure there are sort of. There's got to be some autocratic leaders out there who would prefer the Chinese model, um, you know, which is which is more autocratic than most of the most of the, the rest of the developed world. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't I don't see that as necessarily the you know if people are rioting for freedoms or whatever, I don't see them really rioting to adopt the Chinese model. I see that being imposed from top down. Okay, but well, that's uh, you know China itself, but you know. That does throw up a lot of other EMs out there. And how closely do you look at them, and how closely are your clients now looking at them, given that they've been so beaten up as we've been people, people just have not been prepared to put risk on the table for any length of time? We are not seeing people really actively talking about or looking at emerging markets right now. 
maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that means that if there's a complete lack of interest, it's a buying opportunity. Um, but, you know, this is a difficult environment. A strong, a strong dollar, um, you know, is, is a big problem for so many emerging markets, particularly the ones who borrow in, in dollars. Um, so there, there's, there's a lack of interest. There's sort of a, a very strong wariness about emerging markets. Uh, right now, and it's it's probably with good reason. But you know, it it, it echoes what I said earlier. Yeah, they're not all bad. So yeah. the problem is finding which ones there are. And and I got to say, right now, I don't have a strong candidate to say this is the one we have to be looking at right now. I think it's gonna it's gonna reveal itself over a bit more time and require a lot more work. Which which frankly, I've not done to find it. I have not been able to find it yet. You mentioned that you you see opportunity as well as danger. Um, I guess the earnings season will give us a really good insight into some companies that are managing through this much better than others. Uh, do you have an inkling of, of where they might come from, perhaps what what sector or what type of company? I, I think it's going to be a bit idiosyncratic. I think right, you know, the problem right now that that, that I, I think we've discussed in the past is it, it's not a great sign. I, I wish I could rearrange earnings season. I don't love that it starts with banks because they're very idiosyncratic. No, nobody else has trading revenues. Nobody else is that interest rate focused. Um, so we're going to really get in and see. I think the, the initial tells will be Netflix is this week. And I don't, I don't know that Netflix particularly is, is a great bellwether in and of itself as a company. But how we react to that stock is a great bellwether. Because think about it, January and, and April. Steve. Go. That's all, all right. we got time for. Uh, Steve Sosnick, Chief Strategist at Interactive Brokers, getting his take on uh, market prospects. This is Bloomberg. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.